Hello everybody and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy Saturday to everyone. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to episode 219 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast because yes indeed this show is uploaded as a podcast after every single night and I want to shout out first off Toph Morris who is still a supporter of the podcast directly over on anchor.fm so thank you very much Toph Morris I wanted to make sure I shout you out because sometimes I forget and thank you very much for that and thank you to everyone that's been listening to the podcast as well and if you are listening to the podcast please make sure that you can maybe if you want to leave a review on your podcasting platform of choice but hello to everyone so glad to see everyone here we're going to be talking about Wanda Division episode four. We're going to talk about the GameStop, the GameStop stonk situation. That's right, stonks. Fun word that I've learned this past week. <laughs> it's basically a meme word for stocks, uh, but it's a lot more fun to say. So we're going to talk about some stonks, and we're going to talk just general movie discussions as well. Hope everyone's doing well. We got over on the D Live fam. We got Mister Peabody, and we got Captain Dean Heiss. Hail to both of you over there. Thank y'all for being here. And let's jump now into the YouTube chat. We had Lord Toth here early. He says, evening, everyone. Hope everyone is doing well. Well, thank you very much, Lord Toth, for being here early. We got Robert in the chat. Hail to you, Robert. Glad to have you here. We got Eric K., who is also a member who is here. We got the comic book lad. Hail to you. We got Pat S. What's going on? Pat S. says, oh, yeah, you're going to be my regular Saturday night thing, Odin, Roadhouse 1989. That's a film I've not seen. I own it. I, I bought it because I believe it was John Flickinger, John the Flick Pick, who always in his Blu-ray collections had mentioned the movie, and so he talked about it so much. I was like, I gotta see this now, um, and I just haven't haven't been able to see it yet. But don't worry, I do own it, um, and and it's on the uh, proverbial list, as they say. Uh, Pat S then says, actually, come to think of it, focus much of m- focus much of on the words and not the scene. Ah, gotcha. I'm assuming that something is uh, something's happening in that scene. <laughs> Mark Lizette in the chat. What's going on, Mark Lizette? Glad to have you back, as always. We got Balan the Hobbit in the chat, POC, Preserver of Culture. We got Tina B, who three minutes before the show says, Frack, I'm here. Tina B, coming in just a little late. At least late for her. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Tina, though. I always appreciate it. We got, also, of course, Stephanie B, who's the General of the Valks. What's going on, Stephanie B? So very glad to have you here. And as Tina has put in the chat, make sure if you want to comment or question tonight and have it read out loud, make sure you type Odin question, all one word, Odin question, O-D-I-N-Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N. It's always hard to spell that quickly. And uh, it'll highlight orange on my screen, and it'll let me know you're trying to get my attention. Just know that I do fall behind about 20 minutes or so, sometimes more, sometimes less. So if I don't read it right away, that is the reason why. So if you want to have instant uh, notification, or rather instant gratification, you could of course uh, donate via Streamlabs or via Super Chat, and I will get to them much more quickly. Typically, I have made mistakes before. <laughs> I am human, after all. We got Keck44 in the chat. Hail to you. We got Mr. Peabody over on YouTube as well. Hail as always, Mr. Peabody. He's a member. Waiting for the drag. Laura says, Yeah, WandaVision is getting really interesting. It is. Uh, this past episode, literally titled, We Interrupt This Program. In a very literal way, that's exactly what that episode was. And we'll talk about that episode uh, once we say hello to everybody. 
Uh, let's see. POC says, fun Ladyhawk fact. The guy who played the bishop is the same guy who played Dr. Falcon in War Games, so we had a mini War Games reunion in this movie. Fun fact about me. I've never seen War Games. <laughs> Did I mention that my 80s knowledge sucks? If you didn't know it before, you definitely know it now. But yes, I was able to watch Lady Hawk today, so I finally crossed off another 80s film from my list. I believe, uh, I think someone in the comment section had mentioned this under that video, that that was the first major film, or the first major role, I'm assuming, that, uh, that, that we had for that. Oh my god, I, I was blanking on his name, Matthew Broderick. It was the first major role for Matthew Broderick, I believe. And it was the year before he eventually showed up and melted everyone's hearts as Ferris Bueller. I thought he did a good job. I think all the acting in the film was fantastic. Um, but I, I, at the end of the day, I gave it a B minus uh, just because I, for me, and again, this is just my own perspective. Some people in the comments in that video have kind of gotten a little, uh, a little salty. Um, I think a little soy is showing a little bit for the people getting really upset by my opinions on it, but this is just my opinion. I, I personally just was kind of put off by what seems to be a mixing of genres. Uh, the 80s soundtrack, the synth soundtrack, for me, didn't work well with the medieval genre. Now, I know you might be thinking, yeah, but don't, don't you love that film A Knight's Tale, which does something similar with classic rock? Yes, but I think that that works the way that it's I guess the execution for me works better in that film than it does in Lady Hawk. Now, that does not mean that Lady Hawk is a bad movie. I still very much enjoyed many parts of Lady Hawk. It's a film that I would be open to watching again, but for me, it just kind of just felt off. And I would actually say the bigger things that kind of got to me were actually more visual because I mentioned this in my review, but there were random scenes where the colors were all wrong. Like the colors were very inconsistent. Um, it looked like almost like the, the negative got blown out on the film and I was like, I, I don't know if this is just a transfer. I don't know if this is what uh, Richard Donner wanted to do or not. But, it, that you know, again, some people might say that's nitpicking. Like, some people in the comments said, just, you know, just got to look past it. I'm literally the critic who's a cynic. I mean, it's kind of one thing I do is, is I, I, I analyze films to the best of my ability. And there are some films that I always admit I have a bias towards and I'm more willing or more open to let certain things pass and fly. But... I am also someone that tries to look at all of those key details, and if they build up over time, well, then it's going to impact my overall thoughts on the film. But I want to make it clear, it's not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. Alex McCarthy, what's going on, Alex? He says, howdy, Odin, how's it going? How's Thor and Pizza Corps context your suit yesterday? Ah, yes, indeed. Um, that's because I'm Friday Night Tights Financial. We were talking a little bit about the GameStop situation. Um, yeah, Baby Thor's doing great. Um, as always, he had a nice bath before the stream, and we actually did get pizza last night, so we, we ordered some Domino's, and so I had that for lunch and dinner today. Um, all health here in Asgard. <laughs> Gotta embrace that pizza life, though. Alright, let us see who else is here. We got 8-Bit Snape Boy, what's going on? Glad to have you in the chat, as always. We got James Dashi in the chat again. What's going on, James? Nathan Slay in the chat as well. Slicer Neon's in the chat. Hail to all you people. We got the new number two also over on YouTube. Andrew Hoyle, what is going on, Andrew Hoyle? Always glad to have you here, my brother from the UK. He says, what o, old bean? What o, old bean? Is that a UK expression? What o, old bean? Cheerio. <laughs> I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, don't tell Will Gentry. He'll never forgive me. Um, Orange Eye Review says, love the shirt. Oh, Fathor. Thank you very much. This was actually a, uh, a gift from 
technically, it was from Baby Thor. It was actually from Baby Thor. Yeah, it says Fa Thor, noun. And then, yeah. It was actually from the wife, though. And so, yeah, Freya did good. It's also a very comfortable shirt as well. I thought it very appropriate for, uh, for the channel tonight, of course. All right, please make sure you smash that like button if you've not done so already. Thank you again to all my people watching over on YouTube. we got 57 people watching right now. Thank you very much, everyone, for being here. I really do appreciate it. So the comments have jumped, but no comments have been skipped, which is a beautiful thing. Let me jump now over into the DLive fam. Already taking care of some trolls over there. I really always appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Daniel Thorne is in the chat over there. What's going on, Daniel Thorne? We got... Uh, that was from last week, so I won't shout that out. Michael Skewiff, what's going on, Michael Skewiff? How's it going? Uh, thank you very much for this. That's a super chat. He says the censorship happening. Uh, the censorship happening is getting out of control. I totally agree. I totally agree. It has been completely insane to see channels getting nuked, channels getting limited, and the fact that you have so many moving parts in both. Washington, big tech, all over the place, right? Wall Street now. We're seeing it happen even on Wall Street. That's that nonsense is now pervading into just everyday life. It is kind of scary to some extent because the question is how far does it go and when does it stop or does it stop? And I don't think a lot of us know the answer to that question. But before diving into the Wall Street stuff, let's talk a little bit about WandaVision Episode 4 since I was able to catch up with some people. So if you've not been watching WandaVision and you care at all about spoilers and stuff like that, like you don't know, you, you don't want to know anything about the show, or you know we want to go completely blind, uh, then you might not want to watch this this segment. Um, so anyway, WandaVision episode four for me overall, I liked it. I thought it was a pretty solid episode, mostly for me because it finally gave us some more context. Now I wasn't all that surprised. Like everything that happened was kind of what I expected. You know, we find out in this episode specifically that this is all happening in Wanda's mind, that Wanda is the one controlling all of this. Essentially, she has taken over an entire town and has forced people, in many cases, to be a part of this fantasy. We also, at one point, get a glimpse of a very dead looking uh, vision. And this is something that we talked about on Friday Night Tights last night that apparently, and I don't know this because I'm not a comics person, but apparently Wanda's powers actually go so far as her essentially being able to reanimate the dead um, or, or in some way resurrect the dead. And so it's kind of like, that, that to me kind of added an extra sense of creepiness, which I actually kind of like. I, I like this aspect of her going so insane that, that she's she's lost her mind, that she's lost touch with reality, that she does not want to let go of vision and so she's created this entire fake reality which she knows is fake you know because we see that happen in this episode too where it's very clear especially when she expels Monica Rambo out because we see that scene again only we see the full context before it cuts away you know to see that and to see her basically saying you will not bring me back to reality you will not you know get rid of this fantasy that i'm enjoying I thought it was a very powerful moment. It's very interesting stuff going on. I mentioned this also on Friday Night Tights. I freaking love the actress that is playing Monica Rambo. I, I think that she's great. It's uh, Tiana Paris. Again, I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, Tiana Paris. I think she is completely fantastic as Monica Rambo. And it was kind of sad, though, the fact that they had to bring up what's-her-name who played her mother, who played uh, Maria Rambo, because I didn't like her in Captain Marvel, right? Captain Marvel was a bad movie in, in a lot of different ways, but she was actually incredibly boring in that part. Like, she was incredibly boring in that part. Versus Tiana uh, Paris, 
who has her daughter Monica Rambo, an adult Monica Rambo, in this series versus you know being a child in the Captain Marvel film. She just has so much charisma. Like Tiana Paris has charisma galore. And I was saying this last night to to people, you know, the people on the panel on Friday Night Tights. I was like, if they like announced, hey, we're getting rid of Brie Larson and we're going to put Tiana Paris into the Captain Marvel role, I would actually be excited for Captain Marvel. Like I would actually have some sense of excitement because I would at the very least be able to see a character played by an actor that has so much charisma, oozing charisma. Now, I've gone on record before to say that I don't think Brie Larson is a terrible actress. I think that she's had good roles. I think for her, though, she needs a director. She is not what I would call a natural actor. It means that she needs someone who knows what they're doing, pulling out the best performance from her, because if she's given full reign or if she's given any sense of control, she falls apart. How do I know this? Well, she actually directed her own movie called Unicorn Store, which was one of the worst films that I've ever seen, and also her performance was a big part of that, and she directed herself, which, again, kind of shows you that she has no idea what she's doing with the craft of acting. And again, that's just based on my own perception of what I've seen in the shows and in the rather more so in the movies that she has done. But she's able to give good performances if she has a good act, you know, a good director behind her. But that obviously is not the case when it comes to films like Captain Marvel. We had two directors pulled from the indie scene who had no idea what they're doing, and it sure as hell showed in the end product that we ended up getting. Different here, though, with Tiana Paris, who, when you can tell that an actor just has such charisma that even if they didn't have a good director, they would still be able to be, like, at least somewhat competent like you would at least be able to have some sense of enjoyment from it to me i think that would actually be a, a pretty big thing like that that to me i think is is the hallmark of an actor who is worthy of praise and right now tiana paris seems to be that person and so i'm going to continue to the best of my ability uh to continue to talk about all of the good things that have been happening specifically with this show and most especially with tana paris and her, and her performance so i just wanted to give that uh give her a shout out once again because i think that she's been great then of course there was a really bad thing that happened in this episode and that's that we had to suffer through cat dennings for those that don't know cat dennings she was in the thor movie she was the really annoying sidekick in the film and dear lord grating it's grating how annoying she is just her entire being is annoying now i will say actually some people last night said that they thought her her annoyingness was like on overdrive in this episode compared to the movies i would actually disagree i think that her like sense of just rubbing people the wrong way maybe but her voice was actually a lot lower than what it had been in the movies and in the movies in the thor film specifically right I, I, I was so annoyed by her because it was just oh, it's high-pitched and, and, and it was annoying and high-pitched. In this case, it was just annoying and not as high-pitched, maybe a little slower too. So it was not as annoying for me. It was not as annoying for me um, viewing this, but it was still not good because Kat Dennings is just abysmal in, in this universe. And I, I, just, I just don't like her. Just, just not very fond of her at all. Um, and so that... Again, we had a really good thing happen, right? We got to really see and showcase Tiana Paris and her performance in this in this episode. And then at the same time, we got Kat Dennings, and we had to experience what she had as well. And I think that there are some good criticisms to be brought about about how it seemed like this was very much a like female centric episode, and not in the sense that it was focusing on you know just you know female characters, but that it was like how many different female characters can we throw into this episode? while at the same time making all of the men essentially be emasculated in some way. 
right? Because it's one thing if you have everyone just on screen and they're just existing and they're just real people. It's another when you're obviously trying to tinker around with characterizations to make the women strong and the men look like bumbling idiots. Like, that's something that I think is so far past where we should be at this point. Like, why can't we just get stories where we have just men and women on screen doing their thing and that's it? It's just really sad that we see that happening right now because I actually really like uh, one of the actors in the show who I think the character is Jimmy Park. He was the cop um, who had been talking with... um, with Monica Rambo beforehand, he did the card trick, and that was a throwback, actually, to one of the Ant-Man films. I like that actor a lot. He is really, really funny, but it was very clear that he was just simping for her, and it's like, I mean, come on. With The only other major guy in the show, and then in the series, or rather in this episode, is the head of the organization, and he's already very clearly not really coming across as a valid authority figure. It's like, Okay, we're seeing what we're trying to do there. And I think that that is absolutely a valid criticism. But I will say this much. I don't think it bothered me as much as it did some other people. I just wanted to address that it is there. And that for some people, it will be very annoying for them. But overall, for me, I actually enjoyed more of this episode than what annoyed me. And so overall, I think I would give this episode a solid B. I think that this was definitely one of the stronger episodes. It wasn't like the other previous episodes where, you know, there were a couple weak episodes um, and, and just we really didn't know what was going on. In this episode, I feel like we finally went somewhere. We finally found out more backstory about what's actually going on in Wanda's brain. You know, what's going on in this universe. Just the, the creepy, almost horror-like elements going on here are really captivating, and I, I can't wait to see what happens when the when the vision itself goes away, right? When this world falls apart, and we're left with the actual, I'm assuming, the body of vision. Like, is, is, the, is the body of vision just going to be a puppet? Like, are they going that route where she was just able to reanimate his body, but not actually resurrect him? Is it going to be a resurrected vision, but it's not going to be, like, the full version of vision because he's lacking the Mind Stone. Like, there are just so many questions that I think could lead to some very interesting answers. And so, yeah, overall, I'm very much invested um, in, in this show. Uh, I'm This is one of those episodes where I'm actually looking forward to next week's episode, whereas the first couple especially did not have that because it was like, oh, we're doing the 50s, oh, we're doing the 60s, and then it really didn't I think lend itself to being a week to week. Like I was saying at the time, this show seems in the very beginning, at least seemed like it would have been better suited to be, you know, taken in all at the same time, right. To binge model, watch it. But I think with an episode like this, especially it is, I think definitely much more open. So anyway, those are my thoughts. And obviously I'm assuming that all of you have plenty of thoughts on this episode as well. Before diving back into the YouTube chat, uh, Michael Skewiv, thank you very much for that super chat you sent a little while ago. He says, I'm kind of worried about Pedro Pascal saying there's going to be a time jump in The Mandalorian. I wonder what size t- that time jump will be. Baby Ray, Pickled Snoke versus Mando. I, I don't think they'll go the baby young Ray route. I mean, they could. This, this is Disney's Lucasfilm, and... They are that boneheaded that they, <laughs> that that some people behind the scenes could push that. I actually think we're more likely because it's already kind of been established to get an early version of Snoke because we we kind of already got that right when we saw those those giant containers and it was clear that they were doing some type of uh, gene splicing right some type of cloning process and there were clear failures right and it was all by using Grogu's blood. I think that that's going to be a precursor. At least this is what they've established. And that I think, therefore, this is what it likely will be. That it's a precursor to the creation, the eventual creation of Snoke. 
And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And maybe we'll actually get some Snoke in the series. If not next season, then maybe a season after that. Um, But to be honest, when it comes to the Mando world, at this point, I'm actually a lot more interested in the book of Boba Fett. I I I can't wait to see Boba Fett dealing as like a crime like a new crime lord again because the end of uh you know the end of the mandalorian this last season right he's sitting on the throne he's sitting on jabba's you know on jabba the hut's throne and he is now in charge on tatooine so i think that that could be really interesting to see how that i mean if it becomes more of like a crime lord like a crime series almost like you can imagine we have space westerns right but what about like a almost like a film noir style story in the Star Wars universe. I think that could actually be really, really cool. Like a gangster movie, almost. Or a gangster series. I think that would be a cool direction for them to take that show. So I'm I'm much more interested in that prospect than anything else. Alright, so before getting into YouTube, actually, let me just dive into DLive, since I know there's usually less comments over there. Uh, Dion, what's going on, good sir? Glad to have you here. He says, howdy, howdy. Nothing to say. Sorry, just lurking. Oh, and here's an ice cream. Cheers. Thank you very much for the one ice cream donation. Always appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. People always get excited for the ice cream. Camden Heist then down, <laughs> then donated five ice creams. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, Will Gentry says, WandaVision is frustrating me to all hell. I'm intrigued. I'll keep watching, but it's so damn frustrating. Yeah, I mean, there are parts of it, I think, that definitely would frustrate me as well. But I, I definitely am liking most of what I'm seeing so far. I I think that you could have a position or I think this show could go very much off the deep end, like could very much lose me very quickly. Um, Right now it's like teetering on that edge where it's mostly still interesting, but there's enough of this empty space to the right-hand side where if it just tips over a little bit, it's gone. So (laughs) I think that we definitely have to look at the show from that perspective that it could literally go at, at any second really at this point. Uh, see, James, thank you very much for the dollar donation via Streamlabs. He says, hey, Odin, do you think Rotten Tomatoes is a garbage site for me? I think it's a biased site and don't know why people still follow them. It is a it is a garbage site. Yes, for sure. It is completely garbage because their critic their critic ratings are already skewed because they hold, do the whole rotten fresh thing. So a, a critic could give a movie a 5 out of 10, which is a 50%. And when they submit their review, they can just click the fresh button. Essentially what happens is a critic will put their review out and every critic has a different system, right? Some critics actually give scores and some don't give any at all. So the way that Rotten Tomatoes has gotten around that is to say, okay, if you want your review posted on Rotten Tomatoes, when you submit it, you have to click whether you think the film is rotten or fresh. And that's where that whole percentage comes from. That's why when you look at the main percentage, but then you look at the actual score, there's a huge difference because the score is only based off of those critics that actually give a score, whereas the actual percentage is based on all people. But again, it's either you think it's rotten or fresh. There is no real in-between there, right? And that's why I prefer a site like a Metacritic, for instance, because a Metacritic takes the raw score. Like, you have to actually submit the score. The only reviews that they really accept are the scores, and they're actually they're able to very cleverly take scores that are of a, you know, if, they, if someone gives like an A or a B score, they can convert that into a numerical score. And so they're able to keep those reviews on their site too and accept those reviews too by just using that conversion. And they break down on the site how that conversion works. And again, I think it's the most fair. I honestly think that's the most fair because not only do you get to see the review, you also get to see a score. And then the only score you see for the entire series or for the entire movie 
is the actual raw scores themselves. And so I think that's a much better system. It's a much more honest system. And it's, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes is is completely terrible. And the fact that especially you add on to the fact that they have done everything they can to try and skew scores for films. Like, it's they've been very clear about the fact that they want to skew how a film is perceived. And they've done everything they possibly can to do that. And it's all part of being the access media. It's a way to protect critics so they can keep their access, even if they give a review that's not glowing. And it also is a way for them to shut out audience scores. Because Rotten Tomatoes used to actually be a decent place. Because even though the critic score has been broken forever, at least you usually, you still had for a long time the audience score. So typically you could go into a movie... And you could look at Rotten Tomatoes, and you could say, okay, the critic score is very high. It must be a very well-put-together, objectively, um, well-put-together film. And then you see the audience score is low. Oh, it's not entertaining. It's going to be boring as hell. It's not going to be interesting. Okay, now I have an idea. And then when you have those films where the audience and critic score are high, you're like, okay, this is going to be a damn good time. I can't wait. And then also you have those last films where the critic score is garbage, but the audience score is high. And you're like, okay, it's not a good movie, objectively speaking, but I'm going to subjectively, most likely at least, enjoy the hell out of it. We don't even have that anymore because they've skewed the audience rating now too, where you have to be verified and the whole system is broken. Yeah, it's awful. It's awful, James. Uh, let's see. Still on uh, D-Live for a second. Will Gentry says, Those four episodes were too much filler and not enough substance. They should have been two 45-minute episodes, both released on day one. I definitely think that's a good point. He then says, Either two 45-minute episodes or they just cut the filler out and turn it into two 30-minute episodes. What we've got so far is basically enough story to be pre-credits into a film. Stretching that out for four episodes is just meh. Yeah, it's definitely too much, um, Will Gentry. I, I totally agree with that. And... I think that you mentioned about how we could condense it down. Let's be honest. Most of the plot has moved forward in just this fourth episode. So you could take just the first three. Like I think had you taken scenes from the first three, I think you could have cut a lot of time out. Now, I see what they're trying to do. You know, They were trying to say, okay, here's what's going on. The audience doesn't really know what's going on yet. And we're going to throw in these clues. And now the big reveal has happened in episode four. But... Um, yeah, I, th- I can see why for a lot of people, though, it's not working. And as I said, for me, I'm teetering on that edge. I'm teetering on that edge because it, it definitely has a lot of, a lot of chances to fall off. That's for sure. Uh, Adam's over on DLive. Hail to you, Adam. All right, back over to YouTube. Golden Ration Tagging says, good evening, Odin. Good evening, all. Thank you. That was at 701 at 726 now. So I'm about 20 minutes behind as per usual. Please on YouTube, though, smash that like button. It does mean a lot. JKDBuck76, hailed to you. Glad to have you here. Nathan Slay says, Hey man, got a chance to watch Edge of Tomorrow last night. I thought it was pretty good, not great. Really? Oh man. Um, I love it. Yeah, sometimes when you go into a film, when it's been hyped up, sometimes it doesn't live up to it. And and that's why I, I tend to, right? I, I try to avoid uh, as many spoilers as I can. I try to avoid as many people's opinions as I can to go in with a blank slate, but sometimes it's hard to do that, especially for films that have been out for a while. Uh, let's see. Laura waiting for Nodronic says, Odin in chat. Howdy all and happy Saturday. Pizza for dinner. Yeah, pizza for dinner. Um, but you missed pizza. You missed, you missed pizza night, Laura. Friday is pizza night. Come on. Friday night tights is pizza time. Pizza time. JKD Buck says, don't watch, don't watch Roadhouse. 
You can't unsee it. Why? Stephanie B says, Chief, I'm with my mom for her birthday. I'm taking her dinner in a bit. Oh, Stephanie B, have fun with the mama. Thank you for being here even for a little bit. Go go hang out with the mama. Thursday Warrior, thank you for being here. Lacey Tano in the chat. What's going on? Alice McCarthy says, what? You haven't seen Roadhouse? I haven't. Are you really that surprised at this point? I mean, come on. Alex, are you really surprised at this point? Uh, the Phantom Menace Ranger. Greetings. Greetings, all father. I am the new sixth ranger of the Phantom Menace. Interesting. Uh, Super says, hey, what is up, my dude? What is going on, Super? Sandy Q in the chat. Hail to you, Sandy Q. CW Trixie's in the chat. Rosie G12. Hail to you, Rosie G12. Robert tagged at 703. Ever thought about doing a Bible discussion stream? Robert, I saw that comment on the earlier stream that we were in, and I was about to respond to it, and then the chat ended, and I couldn't. Um, I've thought of it, but I just don't know where I would host it. Because right now, I with the channels that I have, there really isn't a, a proper place for it. Um, and yeah, I, I've, I've had open forums, though, where people have gone into, you know, faith based discussions before like i'm so i'm totally open to it when the on when we have those open forums uh because someone will typically ask about it um but yeah i've thought about it but i don't have any plans uh father christmas says back for the end all right father you have a good one have a have a blessed mass and virtor says hi odin so anyway about that kung fury watch party <laughs> so watch parties are difficult because with the way my schedule works i would probably have to do it randomly and that's not then it's not going to work for most people you know there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna miss it for that very reason um because the only other option would be to substitute one of the regular streams for it and i don't know if i really want to do that to be honest um because i know a lot of people typically fall into a schedule so I, i i'm not at that point i have started watching it though i'm about like 10 minutes into the movie and oh my gosh it's so funny I got to the part. <laughs> got to the part <laughs> where Hitler shows up, and he's shooting a gun into a phone, and it's coming out the other end. <laughs> oh, it's so good, so good. Uh, in fact, I think I think the last part I watched was when Thor got introduced, and it's just a giant guy. He's like, "Look at my pecs." I was like, "Yes." Oh, it's so cheesy. It's so much fun. So I have st- I have actually started it already. I'm about like five or ten minutes into it. Ah, oh, so funny. Uh, let's see. Thanos Felicitas says, Trading Places and Other People's Money are two movies about the stock market. Yeah, um, I never knew that about Trading Places. I always just assumed it was like two people switching lives, which I'm assuming is what it is. Had no idea the stock market was involved. But yeah, I've actually never seen Trading Places. Yeah, hate me. Um, <laughs> Thursday the Warrior says, Who let all the little people into the stock market? Purge them. Yeah, who let these plebes in? Who let these plebes with that with that small money come in? How dare they? <laughs> Rosie G12 says, OMG, Odin, no war games. No. Have heard of it at the very least. At least I've heard of these movies. I mean, it would be worse, I think, if I had never heard of them before, right? It's not that I was like, oh, that movie, I don't want to watch it. It's just that, oh, I've heard of it. I kind of want to watch it, but things happen. Uh, JKDBuck76 says the other title for Lady Bird, not Lady Bird, screw Lady Bird, but Lady Bird was terrible. Um, But uh, (laughs) Lady Hawk, on the other hand, was actually very good. Um, But Dude Wolf is the other thing you can say with that. 
Mark Lizette says, your review of Lady Hawk was kinder than the contemporary reviews when it came out. Really? Oh, that's interesting, Mark Lizette. Yeah, I can see why that movie could, because we all know critics, you know? Critics are usually the harshest on films that end up being classics, for better or for worse. So that actually doesn't surprise me all that much. But that's interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't look at any other reviews for that, so... Um, it's interesting though that I was much kinder because again, I overall for the I, I overall enjoyed it, right? My my, my I think my B minus score is is quite fair because I'm looking at it from a obviously a 2021 perspective because my brain exists right now in 2021. I'm also growing. I'm also looking at it from someone who was born in the late 80s who watched several 80s films. Like I, I have a knowledge of 80s movies. Most of my knowledge is 90s films because obviously that's when I grew up. But I have seen a lot of classic 80s films. There's a lot I haven't seen, but there's a lot that I have seen. So I think there are some people who think, oh, well, you just don't know because you just don't understand the time and the genre. It's like, I like 80s movies. It's not an issue with the 80s movies. It's, it's just I'm looking at the movie as a movie. And it doesn't matter when a movie comes out for me. You know, I, I, I look beyond that time frame. Anyway, Thirsty Warrior says, all movies with the 80s synth music sound strange to me nowadays. Well, that's the thing, though. I like the music. I don't think that got across in my review. I thought the score was fantastic. My issue was the score set during medieval, <laughs> during medieval times with the fact also that the medieval times themselves were not really medieval times because there was a lot of questionable like costuming choices and then it was supposed to also be when the church was in charge and there was questions really i was like wait a minute this isn't accurate and i mentioned this in my review saying i'm I'm sure that when richard donner made the movie that he wasn't trying to be historically accurate and i get that but again i'm coming from it all of us here's here's the thing guys here's the thing all of us come from different places all of us come from different perspectives so none of us are going to look at a movie and look at it the same way not all of us are going to be bothered by the same things I was just voicing the things that bothered me because guess what? I am the critic who is a cynic. And I mentioned that to someone because someone was like, you know, kind of tried to tour me a new one in my review. And I'm like, you must have missed the part when he was like, you're, you're overanalyzing. And I'm like, I'm a critic, man. That, that's kind of what film criticism is all about. It's about criticizing film. Not to mention, I start off every video making it very clear who I am. <laughs> Oh, man. I know some people think it's just a tagline, but it's for moments like this where I'm like, I can be pretty cynical. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, James Dashier, thank you very much for the $3 super chat. Says, did you ever watch Siskel and Ebert? I actually didn't. I actually did not watch them. Um, I've seen clips of their shows, obviously, but I, I never actually, yeah, that, that was kind of before my time. And I... Uh, yeah, I've never had a desire to watch their entire episodes, to be honest. I'm sure a lot of them are on YouTube now, but... Um, Alright, let's see. Dark Shadow Logan in the chat, hail to you. Uh, the Phantom Menace Rager says, Is Doctor Strangelove a movie about Doctor Strangelove trying to date various women in the MCU after he had to break up with his girlfriend? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, see, I see the attempt at a joke there. Uh, Mark sixty, <laughs> Mark six three three six six. Hail to you, Apex Nate Boy Tag says. Always good to be here, all father. Even though the Star Wars and Marvel stuff is ruined for me by Disney, so my brain kind of switches off on both topics these days. Very sorry to hear that, man. 
Nathan Slade says, the other DVD Blu-ray you sent me is something that I don't know. The extra disc you sent me has a blank disc that has the exact words on it, Mank. Yeah. Um, so Nathan Slade, to explain that, there's a movie called Mank. And if you were to put that into a, uh, you would need to have a Blu-ray drive on a computer, I believe. I think that's how it would have to work because it is a Blu-ray. Um, you might have some uh, outside external players, like a typical Blu-ray player, might be able to play it. But essentially what it is, is it's, you know how on CDs you have data on the CD, like so you can take the music off of it? This is a Blu-ray, it's a data Blu-ray. And so the movie is on the disc itself. Uh, so hopefully that makes sense. Um, let's see. Jeremy Swiggs uh, tag says, "You complete me, Odin." Now that that's said, Lady Hawk also helped Flash Gordon, right? <laughs> yes. Mr. Roy, hail to you, Mr. Roy. Soul Assassin, hail to you. Glad to have y'all both here. Orange Review says, "You're going to start to get a gut befitting of the All Father." This is true. I already have one. I already have one. Uh, Phantom Menace Ranger says, "Have you ever seen VR Trooper?" No. Not seen that before. All right, chat has jumped on me like it always does. Um, it looks like some comments were skipped, so it's at 7.17 in the YouTube chat. Again, I have no control over that because YouTube sucks. YouTube sucks. It really, really sucks. By the way, I did see a random comment that didn't tag me, but I saw it that says, um, one of my chosen is streaming against me. That being Rosetta Allen. So once again, this is not the third or fourth time, but... It's for Rosetta Allen. I have no choice. You, you've you left me no choice. That That's it. That's what it is. You're never welcome here again. Valkyrie, if she comes in, you must time her out. Uh, Hamilton Burger, 717. Instead of Kat Dennings, they should have written that role for Batman. Batman's a scientist. <laughs> Kind of, kind of would be crossing the streams, as it were, right? DC, Marvel, but I get your point. <laughs> uh, Will Gentry, of course, checking to make sure I put Heimdall on. Don't worry, I did. Uh, JM2021 says, Do you think Captain Marvel 2 will be a better potential film now that they have a new writer and director, or do you think it will be, the, uh, it'll be a trash, woke mess? It'll be a trash, woke mess. And the only reason why I know that is because no matter who your director or writer is, Brie Larson is still the head of the project. Brie Larson's made it very clear how she feels about the audience, how she feels about a certain demographic of the audience, and actually, if you break down the data, the vast majority of that audience, and the fact that she says very clearly it's not made for you and that she doesn't care, well, you know what? Why should I care about your movie then, Brie? So, unfortunately, I don't think directors or writers are going to change that fact. And I don't know who the writers are exactly. I've actually not heard that they've replaced anybody yet with it. Um, but I'm going to assume that if they're getting this person to write for Brie Larson, that person's going to be woke, is, is my guess. I, I would say the prospects of it not being woke are very, very low. All right, let us see here. POC Preserver of Culture says, I'm more worried about Boba Fett and him being killed and Ming-Nan Wen taking over. Yeah, I can see why that would be concerned, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. And let me just be honest, Ming-Nan Wen is a badass. So if she has a lead, 
if she has a lead in the show, if she's a central character, I'm fine with that. I think the actress is badass. I think the character is badass. So that that would be fine for me. That would be totally fine for me. Um, oh, Lord. This is a fun name to say. As shows his Eiffel Tower. Good Lord. Uh, thank you for the super chat. He says, you and the others should definitely try watching either Vikings, Alex Ryder, or Truth Seekers all on Amazon Prime None of these are woke. Okay, cool. I've only ever heard of Vikings, and I, I remember I tried watching the first episode. I just couldn't get into it. Now, that, does that does that mean it's bad? No. It just means I couldn't get into it. So I'd be willing to try to watch it again, but that was my first opinion of it. I haven't heard of the other uh, ones that you mentioned, though. But thank you for the recommendations. I appreciate it. And thank you for the super chat. Um, let's see. The Phantom Menace Ranger Italian says, how can, how long can Hollywood continue to go woke until they lose enough money to get two brain cells together? Yeah, I mean, that's the big question I think that everyone has is how long is this cycle going to go on for? And to be honest, I think that they could probably keep it up forever. I mean, this kind of connects with that second topic tonight about, about the stock market. When you look at how much these companies are valued at, and you look at how they will literally do everything they can to cheat the system and to control the narrative. I think even if these films end up losing millions upon millions of dollars, they will have enough rich people investing in them, supporting them, bailing them out to be able to go on perpetually. That's what I honestly think. So I don't think there's an end point. I don't have one in mind. Now, Gary, you know, over on Nerdrotic, has always said, and it's a very good point, that these things tend to go in cycles, right? You tend to have these massive waves of identity politics, SJW pushes every five or 10 years or so. So the question, of course, being, where are we in that? Are we going down from it? Are we at the peak? Or has the game changed altogether? And is the, are those timeframes now going to go much go on much longer? We really honestly don't know. So yeah, it could go on for a long time though. Uh, James, thank you very much for another dollar donation via Streamlabs. Says, do you think Titanic from James Cameron is a classic or is it overrated? It's both because it's very well made. There's some great parts to the film. However, it also has a lot of pretentious stuff that as I think we get further away from the movie, like if we've seen it more often, like we've seen it more than once, we, we start to think about some of the things in there. We start thinking about the time that it took for the movie to actually finish. We start thinking about scenes that were probably not necessary. I mean, it starts to become more and more pretentious. And also, the more we learn about James Cameron, especially with his obsession with his Avatar world, I, I think the, the, the more kind of context gets brought to that. Alex McCarthy says, Baby Snoke, the hot new baby toy that won't sell. Yeah, seriously. Who's going to buy Baby Snoke? Well, if they make it cute. Robert says, What do you think... Uh, he says, what do you think if they had Boba Fett for a season hunting down Mace Windu for revenge? I would love that. I, I've been saying for a long time, I would love for Mace Windu to come back. And if that's the show he comes back in, I'm okay. Let's see. Rosie12 says, so Wanda's going to be the next big baddie. I think there's definitely this, this momentum pushing that direction. Because she's clearly not a good person. right? She's clearly not a good guy in this show. You know, taking people against their will to play into this fantasy. <laughs> Not something a hero does. And yeah, I, I could see them leading to her having an actual, like, an actual break in her psyche 
more so than it already is. But instead of her containing it in this fantasy world, since now they're going to come in and ruin her fantasy, we, we saw it in her eyes, right? We saw what happened when Monica Rambeau brought up Ultron. She snapped. So imagine now that she doesn't have this fake world to, you know, to escape into anymore. She doesn't have all these puppets that she's pulling around, forcing to play the game that she wants to play anymore. Once that ends, what is she going to do? Probably get revenge. And it's probably going to be against the Avengers. I could totally see that happening for sure. Uh, Jeremy Swig says, I like seeing Boba there, but to have Bib Fortuna there was dumb. First, the EU said the palace was abandoned, but either way, you know, another hut would have taken over. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you bring in the EU, you know, you have to understand that in the in the mindset of Disney, the EU was already officially decanonized, and so therefore, it, it's irrelevant. And obviously, I appreciate and love the EU very much, but when it comes to an argument of, of continuity in this story, in this universe, it is irrelevant. It is, because... Again, just because it happened in the EU, that's not the timeline that they have established. I think that's stupid that they did that. I disagree with what they did in getting rid of the EU um, and 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 trying to essentially make it irrelevant. And now they're borrowing all the best parts of the EU, unfortunately, and and kind of you know ruining it in many ways. But at the same time, it, that, that's not by itself a good argument because it's not a part of this timeline. It's not a part of this universe. However, I actually do like having Bib Fortuna because it was a cool way to have a throwback to the originals, and also it actually does make sense because he was the right-hand man of um, of Jabba, right? He was the right-hand man of Jabba the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt was an incredibly powerful um, crime lord. And so Bib Fortuna was the number two. Bib Fortuna would have been the logical person then to take over his syndicate after his death. So I actually think it totally works within the context of the universe that has been established and I personally like the throwback. So I, I actually like that. Because the whole time I'm like, it's Bit Fortuna. Oh yeah, Bit Fortuna. Uh, Pat S says, if it tips over like Guam. What? Um, <laughs> oh man. All right. Thirsty Warrior says, anyone in the chat a fan of Mr. Inbetween? What's Mr. Inbetween? What is this? Just another red shirt. Welcome to the chat. The hunk of chunk and funky monkey. Welcome to the chat. Cobra Viper 999. Glad to have you here. We got my UK brethren coming in. Let's see. Uh, the Phantom Menace Ranger says, I don't think there are too many sequel trilogy fans in Star Wars. Why should Lucasfilm and Disney appease literally two people that don't even buy Star Wars merchandise? Well, because it is more than two people. I mean, it's it's fun to make fun of it, right? It's fun to make fun of the sequel trilogy, but we can't deny they had fans. I mean, people went to go see. The Last Jedi made $1.3 at the box office, right? Rise of Skywalker made over a billion at the box office. Now, I know. I did the box office breakdowns. I know that they didn't make nearly as much as the other films have. I get that. And they made less and less every single time, right? There's huge drop-offs in the fan base. That's still half, right? If we go back to the standard set by The Force Awakens, and we assume that that is all classic Star Wars fans and all incoming Star Wars fans, then we argue then half the audience was lost by the time that The Last Jedi came around, right? $1.3 billion was made then. You still then have a massive amount of people there. And guess what? They're paying to see the movie. So that whole mindset of why are they trying to appease a small group? Like, here's the thing. The Phantom Menace is a very large group of passionate fans. 
but it would be foolish for us to say for even a second that somehow it is like, oh, we're 50 million people and then there's only 10 million over there. It's like, no, no, we are several thousand people. We are several thousand people and we're probably the more hardcore of all the fans. But then there's also several thousands of others who like the direction of the new Star Wars or even Star Wars fans themselves. Because here's the thing, I'm not, I'm not going to fall into that line of, oh, you're not a real Star Wars fan if you like the sequel trilogy. I'm not going to do that. Because if there's a person who has all the merchandise, has been watching Star Wars for years and years and years, and they just happen to subjectively enjoy the movies, I'm not a gatekeeper. That's one of the things that's beautiful about the Phantom Menace is that we don't try and gatekeep fandom. We say enjoy whatever it is that you want, but respect the fans. Right? The big issue with the Phantom Menace is when you have people that are on the inside of these companies, you have people that are on the inside like Kathleen Kennedy and Pablo Hidalgo coming out and tearing down the fans for being upset. Just like I'm not going to go after someone for enjoying something, I expect not to be gone after for not enjoying something, right? So, uh, let's see. J.K.D. Buck says, It would be so meta if Rotten Tomatoes was actually itself rated on Rotten Tomatoes. Remember, they paused voting on the rise of Soy Walker. Um, Tina says, Okay, folks. All right, telling about about Steph. Um, let's see. Brad Noble, how's it going? Glad to see you in the chat. All right. Let us see. Uh, Rosie212 says, Roadhouse is a bad movie. I just hear it's like a fun, cheesy 80s film. I I can enjoy that. And I hear some people in the chat have enjoyed it and like it. So, again, differing opinions. They're all welcome here. FCC 2014, late to the stream. How have you never seen War Games? (laughs) Because... There's been countless numbers of films released, and I can only have seen so many of them. There's there's going to be, I mean, I guarantee you that if any person in here saying that question started their own channel, there would be plenty of films where people would ask you, and you would be like, oh no, I've never seen that before, and they would respond, what do you mean you've never seen it before? I'm just putting it out there, all right? Just putting it out there. <laughs> Nathan Slay says, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed Edge of Tomorrow, and I think it's solid. I feel like it could improve upon rewatch possibility, but what would it, uh, what would a sequel be about? That's the thing, we don't know, and I love that, because as long as it's set in this same universe where that kind of stuff is possible, um, it could be good, because obviously it deals, with, it deals with aliens, and so just because we have this one pocket, it seems, of aliens gone, there could still be others. Right, so I imagine what will likely happen is that we'll have some type of second invasion happen, and that could be really fun. Uh, let's see. Soul Assassin says, "Haven't seen Roadhouse." Speed, are you even a film critic? Who are you? Well, I'll have you know that on Monday I have the double feature of Speed One and Speed Two coming to Asgard. So. I will have the films in my possession, specifically the first one, because people have been saying the first one. Um, And so it it will be on the agenda. Now, as I always have to say, when something's on the agenda that I have to watch, sometimes it can fall behind because it it tends to be, what what am I in the mood for? Do I even have extra time to watch a film? Like today, I actually had time because my wife went out with a friend, and so I was like, oh, all right, I'm taking care of Baby Thor. Baby Thor is asleep. I can turn on a movie. And since Lady Hawk was the newest film I got, I decided to watch Lady Hawk. So, 
All right, let us see here. Ape It's Nate Boy. I honestly believe that Hollywood has completely forgotten how to make good movies. Better films were being made in the 50s, 60s, 70s than anything made today. What do you think? I disagree because there are still really good films being made. You know, I think I think that's like I think that's something that sometimes I even fall into, right? It's like almost like a time bias, right? We think things are so much better than what they were. Midnight in Paris, which is a great film by Woody Allen, kind of I think delves into this concept, right? It is an actual psychological phenomena where people think that they would be happier in a, another time, right? You, and all of us have that, right? All of us have like I wish I could have lived in this time in history. I wish I could have lived in this time in history, but when it would actually play out we would realize that there's going to be something missing because we're not of that time, right? We're not made for that time to, to, you know, channel my inner brief for a second when it wasn't made for us, right? You know, we're made for the time that we exist, you know, getting philosophical here. We are created and are born in this time for a reason, for something that might be beyond our understanding. And so, and so going into that and using that with as far as movies are concerned, I think there's a lot of great films from those eras, but remember, we just talked about it. There's a lot of great films from the 80s. There's a lot of great films from the from the 90s. There's a lot of great films from the early 2000s. A lot of great films, even from the last year. The Gentleman is a fantastic film. It's not PC. It's a great story. It's got great acting. The Gentleman, fantastic film. I put Mank in that discussion as well. Mank was one of my favorite films of last year, of 2020. Right? There's still going to be several films that have to come out this year, too. I still need to see a movie called Fat Man, which I also just ordered today, with Mel Gibson as, as Santa Claus. I hear that is a great film, right? So there's still good films being made, right? The ones that always get off the top of my head as far as like the greatest that I've seen are films like Nightcrawler. Amazing movie. Whiplash. Phenomenal. Right? So I think that it is definitely... Uh, I think it is definitely something that is oftentimes misunderstood in, in my honest opinion so all right i will get to d live fam i know i'm a bit behind over on d live i will get to all of the d live comments and questions in a second um once i once the uh, youtube chat jumps on me again Jonah Winkster says welcome to odin's financial blog come here for all your stock options and market needs stonk options sir stonk Roy Branlow, welcome to the channel. Let's see. The Phantom Menace Ranger says, what if you did faith-based talks on Minds since they are more open to different perspectives? Well, Minds doesn't have a live streaming platform. Dude, once Minds gets involved with live streaming, a lot of possibilities open up because I really like Minds a lot. And that's the last time I'll mention it because Tina will <laughs> go insane if I keep talking about mines. <laughs> Helen and Berger says, create a new religious channel, OMB, Odin's Mission Bible. Yeah, I already have two channels and it's already hard enough for me to try and keep up with all of them. Like, I fell two days behind on the OMB report, my news and politics channel. And there have been days in the last couple of weeks where I've missed a day or two here. So um, to put more on my plate would not be a good thing, especially with Baby Thor. In in the cute in the cute months and years. Let's see. Jakey Buck seventy six. I realized Roadhouse wasn't trying to be in the the next Godfather, but it was about as nasty as a Taco Bell restroom. Oh my god! <laughs> but is it fun? Is it fun? Is it cheesy and fun? Because sometimes there's a place for that. Pat S. 
says, why is there a cobra in an alley in the middle of an American city? <laughs> so for those that don't get that, that's a reference point to Kung Fury, which is a film that thanks to the K-Man, shout out to the K-Man, who he watched it and he told us about it on the last Chosen of Valhalla stream, uh, which by the way, is still up on the channel. It was last Sunday. So much fun. Seriously, go watch. I put a clip up on the channel, I think yesterday, that's just a clip of the conversation. It is so fun. It was a great stream. Um, but in the very beginning, you you find out about the, the hero, Kung Fury, and where he gets his powers from. It's because he got struck by lightning and bit by a cobra at the same time. While in, was I believe it's the city of Miami. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So good. Thursday Warrior says, Trading Places is actually about the commodities market, hence the Chicago setting. Interesting. Okay. Um, let's see. Someone's tagging me a lot, and so I'm skipping their questions because I literally, it's like, so many, it's like, come on, man, chill, chill out a little bit. If you want me to read everything, you can become a member and I'll read everything. Um, I mean, I get, I, I don't make people pay to have their comments read, but when you're abusing the free system, I'm like, Mm, don't abuse it like that. How 3000, what's going on, good sir? Parrot Head, welcome to the chat as well. Glad to have you here. Let's see. Crazy Liz. What's going on? How 3000 says, So, Odin, have you watched Kung Fury already? No, I'm about 10 minutes into it, and I'm loving it so far. Soul Assassin says, List the 80s films you've seen. Dude, don't ask me to list things. We've gone over this before. My, my brain is not suited to do that. And I'm not going to pull up a list of all the 80s films and say, I've seen this and I've seen that. If you ask me for certain ones, I can tell you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jake Buck 76 who's a member, says, Odin Roadhouse has some frontal nudity in it. Watch Big, Lo Big Trouble in Little China instead. Okay, yeah. I mean, again, obviously, I figured it was going to have something like that in it with the way that Language was being used when talking about the film, but I'm, yeah, I'm still open to it. Rosie12 says, Odin, I bet you're the only one on this stream who hasn't seen Caddyshack. Um, no comment. <laughs> I've heard of it. Does it help that I've heard of it? I have knowledge of it. I just haven't, haven't gotten around to seeing it yet. <laughs> Also, I love how Hamilton Berger read my mind because he says, you haven't seen Caddyshack? It's absolutely brilliant. Bill Murray and Chevy Chase at their comedic peaks and they introduced the world to the hilarious Roger Dangerfield and must watch. I know of it. I just, I haven't sat down and watched the whole thing through. As the chat is about to jump on me like it always does. Oh, Lord. Tina, I just jumped, jumped to the live and Tina's just, burn the witch, burn the witch. Don't burn me, Tina. It's not my fault, I swear. <laughs> I had no control. I had no control. All right, YouTube chat did jump on me. It's 7.39 in the YouTube chat, so some comments may have been skipped. Let me jump over to my DLive fam. Dion says, 80s movies, they're not classics. Far as I'm concerned, they are still new. It's sad when the stuff you grew up with is now considered classic or oldies. Sucks getting old. Dude, I grew up in the 90s, and 90s films are now considered classic. Early 2000s. Keep in mind, Lord of the Rings is considered by many to be a classic. The first Matrix film, right? Early 2000s, considered to be a classic. Actually, that one that one may even have been 99. So, yeah. Kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. Stan Four's over there. What's going on, Stan Four? 
Glad to have you here. What's going on? What is going on? Y'all having... Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> All I see are them... They're, they're, they're listing off different <laughs> words, uh, different slang for a certain appendage of a woman. With things like norks, fun pillows, <laughs> chublies, or no, jublies. That's what happens when you put someone from Australia with someone from the UK. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, Captain Dean Heiss says, any new writer and director for Captain Marvel 2 would have to be pre-approved. Absolutely. Stanford says, infinite money they can lose since they since when since when broke, they will get a bailout. Exactly, right? So not only can they control the system to guarantee their wins, but if something crazy does happen and they do happen to lose, yeah. They'll get bailed out because they got friends. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Let us there. Who else? Daniel Thorne says, who was made for 2020 and 2020 part two? <laughs> sadly. Oh, sadly, baby Thor. Baby Thor was born in 2020. And so therefore he was made for this time. He was made to go through the struggle of this time. <laughs> Gosh. Peabody, thank you for letting him know how to contact me. And again, yeah, if you're on DLive, if you're on DLive, you got to put Odin, like just tag me at Odin at the beginning of your comment, and it'll let me know you're trying to get my attention since there's less people watching over there. If you're on YouTube, right there, Odin question, all one word, Odin question. Uh, Will Gentry tag says, we're all a product of our environment. That's why I struggle with black and white films. I'm a product of the color age. I see what, I see what you mean, though, yes. But we are. We are a product of our time. There's no doubt about it, for sure. And our area, too. Peabody says, I didn't know what Norks were. <laughs> it's called Norks? That's so weird. Camden High says, any programs on the Film TV Preservation Project? Haven't heard anything lately. Um, any progress? Uh, not really, just because uh, you know I keep checking back with the... You know, I still have it up on the website. I still have the ability for people to give films in, and it's kind of hit a standstill. I've gotten all the movies and TV shows that have been recommended that fulfill that standard of things that are out of print or close to out of print. Also, the big problem lately has, of course, been the fact that COVID restrictions are still in play. And also, I now have a son. So <laughs> like, so for four months now, I've, I've had to deal with that too. And so I've not been able to go out to the used book store. There's, there's one place that has a used Blu-ray store, a DVD store, um, where I've been trying to find, because I did find the first season uh, what's the show in the heat of the night that was one of the series because it's out of print and it's like 300 plus dollars for some seasons of the show or like for the entire set so very expensive for the dvds of all things um so yeah i've kind of hit a standstill for that reason but i've gotten most of the things that people had requested because here's the thing there were a lot of requests that were shows and movies that are not in danger because they're there's plenty of copies that are available. They are dirt cheap to buy. So they're, they're not in danger, right? The Preservation Project is mostly for those TV shows and movies that are either out of print or very much in danger of being out of print. But when people, people were recommending some films where I'm like, you just really like this movie and are worried because of this one specific thing. But there's really been no evidence that that film is going to go anywhere, especially since there's so many copies that are available. So anyway, hopefully that makes some sense. All right, back over to the YouTube chat. We got Soul Assassin, who at 739 says, but thanks to Brie Larson's 
rear. One lucky actress got to stand in for her. Yes, I've heard this. I, I know that there was this evidence that was shown, like we, we saw like the ad for it or something. I still find it hard to believe, though. It's one of those things where it's like you know it's true, but you're like, I still can't believe that it actually happened. Uh, Mark 63366, I think Brie Larson just needs some hugs. Everyone who sees her should give her a bear hug. <laughs> well, if you want to be uh, accused of assault, then sure. <laughs> if not, you might just want to stay away. Oh, man. Rose eg 12 says, unpopular opinion, I don't like Titanic. Here's the thing. It makes sense. Like, it just makes sense for a movie like that especially... If someone says they don't like it, I can totally understand why. I can totally understand why. Thirsty the Warrior says, The best thing about Titanic was... Never mind. I see what you're about to do there. That would be a um, historical faux pas. The new number two says, Watch the way we were this afternoon. Funny part is there with Robert, Robert Redford ranting about the fact that freedom of speech didn't really exist. In 1973. Yeah. It's amazing how issues that occurred in the past are so much worse than they are now. Helena Berger says, I think the Scarlet Witch is real and her going crazy and breaking reality is why we have all forgotten about the state of East Virginia. (laughs) Uh, Pat S. says, Classics can be overrated big time. Some Like It Hot should not be in the FI Top 10. Jack Lemmon is not a good actor. He's an overactor. Dude, okay. Pat S., that's a bad take, bro. That's a bad take. Some Like It Hot is a fantastic film. Now, Top 10? I I don't think so, personally. I wouldn't have it in my Top 10. Top 100? I think there's an argument to be made there. Top 200? Absolutely, there's an argument to be made there. It's a great film. Um, and Jack Lemmon? Jack Lemmon's great, dude. Come on, man. You don't like his acting style. That's okay. Um, let's see. Uh, POC says, The Star Wars EU is canon. Disney Star Wars is not. Head canon. Again, it's head canon. I, I, I know what you're trying to say, but in, in the real world, it is still head canon. It's my head canon, but it is head canon. Jacob Buck 76, Odin 1984 plus Demolition Man equals 2021. Um, let us see. Hamilton Berger says, I think that the one billion that the star Rise of Skywalker made is only because the accounting was done by Dominion Voting System. <laughs> Pat says, without respect, we reject. Um, Robert says, have you seen his dark materials on HBO Max? I would have loved to see a Narnia series with HBO's quality. I haven't. Uh, isn't his Dark Materials all based in like the Golden Compass? And um, if it is, the reason why I've kind of stayed away from it is because that is a very much atheistic, anti-Christian uh, property. And I remember when the when the Golden Compass first came out, there was a huge uproar because a lot of students were wanting to read the book or were hearing about it, and didn't realize that there were a lot of anti-Christian stuff in that book, especially with that author. More so with the author than the book, but it was still there. Let's see. Nathan Slay says, Have you ever seen the movie Annihilation? I hear there's a screaming bear in it. Dude, do not watch Annihilation. It is terrible. It is a giant bore. Mark Lizeth, A good cult 80s flick is Night of the Comet, which has an interesting spin on the zombie trope. Interesting. I actually hadn't heard of that. 
Nathan Slay says, do not watch Speed 2. <laughs> Tina B says, do not watch Speed 2. You will regret it. If not now, then soon and for the rest of your life. I saw that at the movies and oh boy. That's why I said I would watch it after. James Dashay Tag says, favorite John Hughes movie, mine is The Breakfast Club. That's probably mine too. Um, but let's see. Sometimes it's good just to have all of the films up. Let's see. John Hughes. Let's see. Because Breakfast Club is definitely up there. I've never seen 16 Candles. I do own it, though. I have, we- I have seen Weird Science. It's fun. I've uh, never seen Pretty in Pink. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is also great. I have seen, oh boy, unpopular opinion. I have seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I didn't like it. I didn't find it funny. Uh, I've actually never seen The Great Outdoors, but I hear that one's great. Okay, I'm going to, okay. Uncle Buck. I might actually have to put Uncle Buck. I love that film. That I love that film more than I probably should, but I really love Uncle Buck. John Candy at his best. I mean, just some of the scenes in that film are just so funny. When he goes in and talks to that principal, oh, man, so good. Uh, Christmas Vacation is good. Home Alone, obviously, is a classic. Love it. Home Alone 2, also great. Original Dennis the Menace was fine. Uh, he did the Beethoven movies. I like the Beethoven films. Um, let's see. Or Oh, sorry. It, it's saying other. Okay, sorry. So this has this filmography really established very oddly because it has director, producer, writer, or other listed. So I may have mentioned one or two that he didn't actually do. Um, he was a writer on the first Beethoven, interestingly enough. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see anything else. So yeah, th- those are the ones that, that popped out to me as far as ones. But yeah, I'd probably go Uncle Buck, to be honest. Probably Uncle Buck. Such a good film. Rosie Joel says, Ick, Woody Allen, can't watch him or his movies since the Ick. Yeah, you know what? I, um... If we're talking about like him and his <laughs> adopted child, yeah, that's that's bad. Um, but everything else, I th- I think that at this point, I, I don't know if a lot was proven about what he was claimed to have done. Um, I think a lot of it was just kind of again, this is just my own perspective, and and again, because there really hasn't been any proof necessarily brought about some of the allegations against him, I don't really buy into them for that reason. Not saying that it didn't happen. It's just I don't think there's a lot there. But he definitely did do a weird thing, you know, <laughs> with his adopted daughter. That that's that's yeah, marrying your adopted daughter. Mm, I don't I don't care if, if she's an adult and uh, no 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 not good not good. Um, but here's the thing: I can separate the art from the artist in most situations, and I still love Woody Allen films. They're so good. Uh, Preserve of Culture says, I will give credence to your Everybody Hasn't Seen Famous Films theory by admitting I've never seen Jaws, but I've seen enough clips to feel like I have already watched it. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing, at least based on what I'm seeing here. Uh, Super says, exactly. All the stuff we complain about does have some kind of an audience. The difference is, in my opinion, more old school fans share our thoughts and we collect, we spend money. Well, here's the thing. We are able to, I would actually say this. The difference between old school fans and new school fans were willing to hear alternate opinions. That I think is the difference. I, I think it's you know we can argue about you know buying things, but here's the thing also, it's not a market anymore really. 
Like uh, the market has changed. What what interests people has changed. And so to say they're not buying the action figures is not really a fair thing to say because that's not really a part of the culture anymore, right? Things have changed in the culture. But I do think a key difference psychologically between old school fans and new school fans, we are more willing and open to hear alternate points of view. Whereas the newer fans are like, you're an idiot if you don't believe this. And and I'm not going to talk to you because you must be an isterophobe, right? That is their mindset. And I think some people try to fall into that mindset from the Phantom Menace perspective, and, and we need to be careful not to do that. Uh, Hardwick says Doug Lyman said he got mad at Tom Cruise because Cruise came up with an Edge of Tomorrow sequel idea so good he had to come back to direct it, which he initially didn't want to do. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Um, Mark Mark six three three six says other eighties films you should watch Blade Runner I have seen it Shining I have seen it Ghostbusters I have seen it Aliens I have seen it Rage Lost Ark I have seen it all those films eighties films I have seen Blade Runner's great there's I have the I have the version with like all the different versions so there's like the final cut director's cut everything I want to watch them all at some point so I have that love it Shining I have that four K steelbook it's great. Um, Ghostbusters, of course, classic. Aliens, I prefer Aliens to Alien, but both are solid. And Razor Lost Ark, probably one of the best. Not my favorite, um, not my favorite Indiana Jones film. That's Last Crusade. But I have a bias there. I have a bias there for obvious reasons. Um, if you know anything about me. <laughs> but it's still good. Anyway, there they go. 80s films I've seen, people. All right. Uh, Nathan Slay says, I would argue that most movies that I love are from the 80s or 90s. We probably do have good films getting made these days. I just haven't gotten them. Yeah, I, I've mentioned several of them, I think. Helena Berger, they could have also, they could have replaced Kat Dennings with J.K. Simmons from Whiplash. He could just repeatedly say, not my frequency. <laughs> not, not, not quite my frequency. No, no, not quite. Now, that would be something to see. Super says, part two, like, I don't think anybody who likes stuff like the sequel trilogy, STD, or Batwoman has a collection like Gary, Az, or RMB. I think I kind of addressed that. Maybe. Rose G12 says, no, Roadhouse is not just, is not fun, just bad. And yet, there's people saying it is. See, look, Mark 63366 says, Roadhouse is pure fun. It just looks, this is just a difference of opinion, people, and it's okay. Harwick says, it's been a while since I've seen Roadhouse, but I remember it being fun. There you go. Kent Barnes in the chat, what's going on? Ben Toll in the chat as well. A bit Snape Boy, that's a valid take on movies, but I kind of disagree. CGI and storytelling isn't on the same level. Look at films released in 68 compared to last year. The difference is night and day. But it's still... You say it's a valid take on movies, but then you say you disagree. And you say storytelling and CGI... No, no. CGI is not on the same level. Technology has changed. But to say storytelling is not on the same level, that is inaccurate. If you're going to tell me that the story for Nightcrawler and the story for Whiplash don't have the ability to hold up to older stories, I don't agree with that. I don't think I don't think that is true. Because then you would also have to fall into the trap of saying, okay, so are you saying that early 2000s doesn't live up to it? Does that mean that the Lord of the Rings doesn't hold up story-wise for you? Like, does that mean... That the filmmaking techniques that were used that have influ- you know have influenced the current movies that we have right now from films that occurred during that timeline don't mean anything. Again, you see how this is a very dangerous position to hold when we're talking about film and film criticism. I'm just saying. Uh, POC. Just to clarify about Ming Wang Wen, uh, Ming Na Wen. Uh, I'm not complaining about her being in the program. I'm more worried about Boba being treated and taken out like a punk in his own show. Well, it is called the Book of Boba Fett, so I think that's kind of a safety net. Um, but I could see, again, 
I wouldn't put it past them, but still. Uh, Jacob 76 there was a sequel to Roadhouse. It was on TNT. I think Gary Busey's son was in it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Rosie 12 says, Odin, please tell me you've seen Big Trouble in, Lit- in Little China for Pete's sake. So here's the thing when it comes to Big, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I think I've seen it, but I can't remember it. <laughs> I know that doesn't make any sense. But I, I remember at some point... I owned the movie, and I want to say we we may have watched it for uh, one of our movie watch streams, but I honestly can't remember if I have seen it. Based on this poster, I don't think I have. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say I probably haven't seen it, but I'm looking over here, and it's not where it should be. I think. Yeah, it goes big, big eyes, big hero six, big Lebowski, big short. So, yes, I do not have it. I must have had it on DVD and never got around to watching it. So, yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Die. <laughs> Kill him. Kill him. Uh, <laughs> all right, we are getting towards the last 10 minutes, so uh, it will switch over to... Um, Members only comments in a little bit. We're not quite there yet, but getting close. As my voice is getting tired. Okay. Uh, jump over to my DLAF fam again. Let's see. Uh, Stanford says, did not like Titanic. I knew the ending before I saw the movie. <laughs> Didn't we all? He then says, Midnight Run is a much watch. I've never heard of Midnight Run. What's that about? Will Gentry says, what is true is that there is a more substandard storytelling now. We see more films uh, more films now, so we see more bad stories too. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about that on the channel before. And to me, it's like, but, are, I mean, I could see why there have to be more films because there is easier access, right? So back in the day when films were first starting out, to make a film was very expensive. And so it was not something that everyone can do. And nowadays, of course, we've got iPhones with great cameras. We've got Androids with great cameras. We've got much more affordable technology, especially with the with the dawn of digital, right? Digital has made everything that much more affordable. But at the same time, there were still a lot of movies made. B-level films, C-level films made even during the golden era of filmmaking. There were bad films made with bad stories. So I, I both agree and I disagree. I think that, yes, there's a larger volume of films, which means by default that there's going to be a larger volume of bad films. But I'm wondering if... I wonder if someone could break down statistics on it to see, is the percentage, though, of good to bad films, is the ratio still the same? It's just we have more. If, if that makes any sense. I hope it does. Uh, Stanford then says, BT, Big Trouble in Little China is a must-rewatch and a rewatch and a rewatch. He then says, I think Big Trouble in Little China was talked about for a morning movie stream, but I can't recall if we watched it. I, I bet it was on the list and just didn't make the cut. Peabody has confirmed we have not watched it for a movie stream. He was always there because obviously when we did the morning streams, it was prime time evening in Australia. So he was always able to be there. Stanford says, Midnight Run is Robert De Niro as a bounty hunter sent to apprehend a bail jumper, accountant Charles Grodin, for the mob who embezzled. Interesting. Interesting. But I'll put Big Trouble down. 
All right. Uh, I bought Speed, so I'm going to cross that off. I am currently watching Kung Fury, so I'm going to watch that. I'm going to cu cut that off. And I did. Um, I was able to pick up a film called Following, which is Christopher Nolan's first film. So I've digitized that. Um, it's in the Plex library now. That's actually a fascinating film to me. I haven't even watched it yet. It's already fascinating because it was shot on 16mm. And it was Nolan's first movie. So a couple other things I need to pick up at some point or at least look further into. Cool. All right, back over to my YouTube fam. Let's see. We got about eight minutes left, so I'll read a couple of tagged, and then I'll probably switch over in this run. I'll probably switch over to members only. Thirsty Warrior says, we got a pool and a pond. The pond would be good for you from Caddyshack. If only I had seen it, I would I would catch the reference. Um, let's see. Uh, Buck 76 says, Caddyshack 2 was terrible. It should be called Caddy. I see what you did there. Too. It was a hate crime against the human brain. <laughs> Rosie G12 says, Odin, I need that P.O. box again. Sending you Caddyshack and Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's a uh, P.O. box 4432, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37405. P.O. box 4432. And again, if anyone ever wants to know ways to contact me, things like that, it's always in the description of the video. Um, Asian guy in the bad disguise says, hail big man, just chilling the stream. Hope you've had a good day. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Good, sir. Thank you for chilling. I always like when people are hanging out, talking, chilling. It's a fun time. Um, all right, let's see. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Pat S says a car is a classic after 20 years. 45 years is an antique car. So a 1976 car is antique. Yes. But cars and movies, I don't think, work in the same timeline and time frame. Mark Oquist tagging says, Have you seen Smoking the Bandit and Convoy? I have not seen either. Jake Eddie Buck says, I liked Alita Battle Angel, but I did laugh when her boyfriend stole and, <laughs> stole and fell to his death. I don't know why. It was, it was not well. That scene was not shot well, I think. I can see why that would cause someone to laugh. <laughs> the rest of the... I, I enjoy that film, though. Everyone knows. Uh, Thursday Boy says, I never really liked it in the heat of the night. I could never reconcile Archie Bunger replacing one of the great actors of all time, Rod Steiger. Yeah, but um, here's the thing. Uh, you know, Carol O'Connor was a fantastic, solid actor. Rosie G12 says, The way we were glorifies commies. Ooh, that's not good. Nathan Slay says, Back to the Future. I've seen it. It's great. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I've seen it, it's great. Die Hard, I've seen it, it's great. And then the other two I've already mentioned. Uh, the 80s were a great decade, they were. So were the 90s. I would say there's great films that came out in every decade. Uh, Tina says, a young unknown Harrison Ford made a cameo in a Jack Lemmon movie. He punches Jack in the face after a car wreck. <laughs> nice. Orange Hat says, Jack Lemmon and Walter and Walter Matthau are awesome. Fight me. I agree, I think they're both great. Thursday Warrior says, Jack Lemmon is a two-time Oscar winner. He was magnificent in Save the Tiger. He was he was his era's Robin Williams, an actor who could do all who could do both comedy and drama well. I totally agree with that. That's a great assessment. Uh Waiting for the Drag Laura says, Night of the Comet is a thumbs up. Hardwick says, I researched the alleged Brie Larson body double situation last year or so. The evidence shows that the body double was actually for Scarlett Johansson, and people wrongly assume that she was for Brie Larson. Okay, that's what Hardwick says. To be honest, for me personally, I don't care one or the other. So that's why I've never done the research, because it does not matter. 
It doesn't change anything in my life. It's not important in my life. <laughs> Rosie 12 says, watch 16 Candles when you get the chance, Odin and the Great Outdoors. Yeah, I've never seen that one. I do own 16 Candles. I don't have the Great Outdoors, but I'll put that on the list too. Great Outdoors. Because I do... I do. I'm, I'm kind of on this kick of wanting to see films that deal more with nature and such. Uh, JKD Buck says uh, the Buck in JKD Buck seventy six is from Uncle Buck. That's why my family calls me. That's awesome. Rosie Jewel says Uncle Buck is so great. John Candy Hart. Yes, John freaking Candy. Uh, Laura says Harry and the Hendersons. Oh man, I have seen that movie. It has been probably. 20 years though since I've seen it I'm not lying I saw it when I was younger I saw it when I was a kid I have not seen that movie in forever the uh, practical effects though I remember (laughs) this is a long memory but I remember them being pretty solid Uh, let's see Thursday Warrior says I think John Hughes Dutch is underrated I've never seen it Super says his dark materials is okay the cast is awesome knowing the author is one of those obnoxious atheists if you look for that you can find it but it's pretty mild and inoffensive i think okay that's good to know super thank you jkd buck says question have you has anyone seen ender's game a good has anyone who's seen ender game think it's a good movie is it suitable for young teen it is suitable for young teen it's it's not offensive at all the book is better the book is infinitely better though uh you know the, it's not a bad movie. It's just not a good movie. <laughs> That's the best way I could put it. But it's, it's yeah, it's I would say it's fine for a teen. Hamlin and Berger says, You like aliens better than Alien. What sort of crazy Odin vision world are we living in? Well, here's the thing. They're two different genres. The first, Alien, is more of a horror film. Second one's more of an action film. I like action more than I like horror. It, it's, it's math at that point. J.K.D. Buck says, The Empire Strikes Back is the best movie ever. Raiders is next. Then The Two Towers. Really, I do like, I do like the two towers most. Most in the Hobbit trilogy, not the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Orange Hat. Have you seen the Natural Odin with Robert Redford? I have not. I do have that movie though. I think that was actually in my. I have like a Warner Brothers collection. If that's in the Warner Brothers collection, then I do have it. Soul Assassin says, "Good '80s family films for you to watch: Porky's, Animal House, Bachelor Party, and Fast Times." Trust me. Yeah, I've only ever seen uh, bits and pieces of Animal House. I may have watched it all the way through. I just can't remember. Uh, Waiting for Nadratic says, The tiebreaker, ask Alex if he likes Roadhouse. Boom, that's true. Alex, Alex McCarthy, do you like Roadhouse? That will tell us whether it is a good film or not. (laughs) That's how we find out. Oh, man, all right. All right, so we are now moving very close to the members-only comments. Um, Let's see. So members-only comments from this point forward because we are getting very close to the end of time on the show tonight. So Stanford says love Chattanooga core home of crystal burgers. I didn't know that. I actually did not know that. Stanford says lots of F's F words in midnight run for warning. Yeah. Thank you for that. I don't mind them as much when they're in, in their, when they're in movies. But when I'm on a stream where my face is being shown and they're being said by people I know, it's like, uh, yeah. All right. Let's see. All right, cool. Caught up over on there. All right, members only now over. 
on YouTube. Members only. Pat S says, I saw Big Trouble and Buckaroo Bunsai on the same day. What a great day. I've never heard of Buck- Buckaroo Bunsai. Jake Buck. Odin, ever watch Crocodile Dundee? I, I've i seen a bit of it. I not, not really for me, I think. Father Christopher coming in at the very end of the stream like he always does. 30 The Warrior says, bad movies in the classic era. Plan 9, Attack from the 50-Foot Woman, Robot Monster. Yeah, there were a lot of really bad movies back then. <laughs> Orange Hat says, back to WandaVision for a second. Vision in the comics actually comes back. He is all white and emotionless with no memory of his former life. Infinity War hinted at it when he died, he went pale. That's why it's going to be interesting to see, do they go in a new direction with it or not? Father says, eight minutes left. Eight minutes left till Fat Man watches Fat Man. That's right, Father. I remember you saying that you got that in today. It reminded me that I needed to buy myself my uh, my copy of that, so I did. Jake Buck. Oh, which is better, Tai Chi or Chai Tea? Tai Chi. <laughs> Bruce says, within the week, I'll send you the DVD Blu-rays for the giveaway or keep for yourself. Well, thank you, Bruce. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I'm only ever get to, I only get to go to the P.O. Box typically on Saturdays now, and I was not able to go today. So, I'll probably have a lot of stuff next weekend. Hardwick says, His Dark Material books get straight up blasphemous. The third one portrays God as an angel who lied about creating the universe to rule over the other angels and dies from exposure to air. Yeah, it's problematic. Rosie 12 says, Smoking in the Band is great. Great performances from Burt Reynolds, Sally Fields, and Jackie Gleason. Uh, Father says, Because we got a little, uh, little old convoy rocking through the night. Yeah, we got a little old convoy. Ain't she beautiful sight? Are you singing a song in here? Are you singing a song, Father? Rosie Dwell says, Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis are so funny in The Great Race. I've actually not seen that. Jake D. Buck says, Watch Enemy Mine with Dennis Quaid and Louis, Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah, I actually haven't seen that film. Father says, Great Outdoors isn't exactly a nature film. Do they go outside? Uh, let's see. Father had a comment. Let's see. Father says, should check out 1985's Fright Night with Rodney McDowell as a late night horror show that actually comes across real life vampire. Interesting. Okay. I've heard of that before. I've never seen it. Um, let's see. Father says, avoid Porky's. Never seen it, but heard about the teenage shower scene with the full front. Oh, um, yeah. Alex McCarthy says, I plead the fifth on Roadhouse. No, Alex, you can't plead the fifth. You must answer. We must know the truth, Alex. Uh, Tina says, so Odin, have you seen the French connection? Our friendship is hinging on this. Just give me a second. Can I plead the fifth on this one? I'm going to plead the fifth on this one. Father says, Buckaroo Banzai is awesome. Uh, a quote from the film, the White House wants me to wants to know everything. Is, a, is everything okay with the alien spacecraft from Planet 10, or should we just go ahead and destroy Russia? <laughs> Hardwick says, I have, I have very fond memories of the Crocodile Dundee movies. They were a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, they seem like it, it's just, I feel like, I don't know if I'd put those on my list of things I want to see. J.K.D. Buck says, I recommend people watch Krull. Um, let's see. I'm I'm not singing the song. I don't know Convoy. I don't know that song. Hardwick, another Buck uh, Buckaroo Banzai quote. No matter where you go, there you go. He then uh, JKD Buck says, "Ice Pirates." 
Jake Bucks says Firefox, Clint Eastwood. I think I have that because I have the like the twenty film Clint Eastwood collection. I think that was one of the films that came in there. <laughs> Tina's like, oh no, Odin's trying to plead the fifth with French Connection. <laughs> I actually haven't seen it. It's it's been on my list of things to see for a long time, but I haven't seen it. All right. Um this is like uh Will Gentry says Porky's is not for you. It's a very college humor lewd comedy style movie, lots of nudity and sex based on joke. Oh yeah. I, I tend not to like this kind of film. So thank you, Will Gentry, and uh for everyone else who's looking out for me in the chat with that. So anyway, that is it, everybody. It has been a fun time tonight. Uh, but we are right about time. So let's go ahead and shout out some peeps real quick. So shout out to all of the members who are at the Army of Asgard and Keeper of the Bifrost level on YouTube, FCC 2014, Rosie G12, Andrew Hoyle, Eric K, Orange Hat Reviews, Adam Avery, The Bosco 2000, Torley Wolf, Jace Doe, Aiden Vickery. You guys are awesome and amazing and beautiful people. I have seen Footloose. Great film. J.K. D. Buck. Uh, Eric K says, take care. You take care, Eric K. Thank you for being here as always. Good sir. Rosie 12 says, great stream. Oh, thank you very much. And obviously my knowledge of things has, has just fallen away. I will say a quick thing though, since we didn't get into too much detail about it on tonight's stream, just about everything going on uh, with, with the Wall Street bets and everything like that. It, it's kind of amazing to see what happens when a group of people come together with one common goal and they inevitably succeed in that goal. It's been awesome to see Regular, everyday Americans come together, put what little money they have behind a stock, and screw over billionaires on Wall Street in the process. It's been so much fun to see that happen, and I've actually decided to start getting into the game myself a little bit. So I am now a proud shareholder, and I know this is going to trigger some people, but I do have a justification for it. I am now a proud stakeholder and shareholder in AMC Entertainment and in Cinemark. So I picked those two because both of them are movie theater chains, and you all know I believe in movie theater chains. I believe in movie theaters, and I think that that is a good thing to back. I understand that people have issues with AMC, but keep this in mind. AMC is not owned by China. AMC has a massive investor from a Chinese company called the Wanda Group but they are not owned by China. Just got to get that out there very, very quickly. But also because AMC is one of the stocks that has been targeted by these hedge funds on Wall Street, and they've been driving down the prices of that stock to try and make billions off of them. So um, I'm totally then on board raising raising that stock price up as much as I can to screw over those hedge fund managers, because at the end of the day, I'm actually more concerned with when it comes to AMC, I'm more concerned with the hedge funds impacting a stock in America than I am with one random Chinese company having an impact on the movie theater industry here. That's just my thought. That's just where I stand. You don't have to stand with me on that. You can disagree. And that's what the beautiful thing about Asgard is. We all have different opinions. We all come together though. And we have uh, some good stuff. And yeah, and as, as, as I've been saying on the other channel, on the OMB report, I said it earlier today, it's not about the money. It's about the message. It's about the message. So if I lose out the little money that I put into those stocks, hey, that's fine. It was extra money for a reason. But if I can play a part in trying to screw over these billion-dollar hedge funds, you know what? I'm all in with that. Anyway, you guys are awesome. Shout out to Tina and Steph. Steph, I hope you're having fun with your mom. Tina, thank you for holding the fort down. 
uh, for the rest of the night as well. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Thank you to everyone that donated tonight. DLive fam, y'all stick around. I will take care of y'all like I always do. As Stanford says, buy stocks that you know and of the companies of the products and services you buy. Exactly. Support the ones that you want to support. Support the ones that you believe in because that's the whole point of what it's supposed to be about. It's not about trying to bet against companies. And, and that's the reason why I'm supporting these stocks too, because not only do I believe in the companies, I worked for AMC for years. I've been a customer for AMC theaters for a long time now. Cinemark obviously also, um, it is something that I think is important for that very reason. I'll probably try and get some money with Regal too. Um, but I, I was having issues finding it because I know that technically it's another, it's like, I think that companies technically owned by someone in the UK. Anyway, I'll figure that out another time. But anyway, You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I hope you all have a wonderful evening and rest of your weekend. And as always, God bless.